0: Amen. Thank you for coming and singing tonight. Uh, Don't forget about the ladies Bible study tomorrow. Uh, My wife is home with a major migraine, one of the worst that she's had in a long time. And so pray for her if you would. Um, But uh, hope we'll let you know if that changes for tomorrow. But uh, right now we'll go ahead and continue planning for the ladies Bible study tomorrow at 630. And then don't forget the ladies brunch on the 20th. Uh, then Philathea class of the 23rd at Violet's house, and the board meeting on the 27th at 9 a.m. All right, let's look at Psalm chapter 129. Psalm 129. We are working our way through. I'm wondering if I'm going to have to combine some of these other psalms that are coming up that are three verses long. Because, uh, you know, you can't let out too early. You'll get used to that. And so you got to make it worth coming to church, you know. But not that, well, anyways, we won't go there. All right, well, I don't want you to start rating my sermons whether or not it's worth coming to church or not. So that's a bad trend to go down. So uh, let's read Psalm 129. The Bible says... Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. May Israel now say, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. Yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Let them all be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetops, which withereth afore it groweth up. Wherewith the mower filleth not his hand, nor he that bindeth sheaves his bosom. Neither do they which go by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Uh, Psalm 129 is the next of the Songs of Degrees, or the Songs of Ascent. Uh, Some Bibles will label it Songs of Degrees, some will label it Songs of Ascent. Um, These songs would be sung as they traveled to Jerusalem. Uh, This is a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of agricultural imagery here uh, which suggests that it was used for one of the pilgrimage feasts uh, which had to do with the harvest in which um, it would not only celebrate God's historical deliverance of the nation but also his provision at harvest time. The destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians has been described as a plowing. Uh, Micah 3.12 says... Uh, therefore shall Zion, for your sake, be ploughed as a field, and uh, disappeared. There you go. Uh, as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house as the high places of the forest. Uh, because of this, the psalm may have been written after the exiles returned to Jerusalem. It's possible. Uh, and God was definitely with the nation, uh, even though they were surrounded by their enemies. They knew that God was with them. <coughs> the church of god has also suffered and still is suffering persecution. 2 Timothy 3:12 says, "Yea, and all that live uh, that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution." And what should we do when we find ourselves suffering for Jesus Christ? Whether at the hand of someone at work, uh, or someone in our neighborhood, or perhaps somebody even in our own family. How should we react? I believe the psalmist shows us three steps. Now, I borrowed this simple three-word outline, well, three-simple-word outline, uh, uh, from Warren Weersby because it was just so simple but so true. And so I used the outline, but kind of just did my own thing here. Uh, what do we do when we find ourselves suffering for Jesus? Number one, number one accept it, accept it. Uh, Verse 1 and 2 says, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. May Israel now say, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. Yet they have not prevailed against me. Uh, You know, persecution is not new. Uh, Sometimes whenever you haven't been persecuted before, and all of a sudden you are being persecuted, it's a shock and a surprise. Uh, But it's nothing new. And we should not be surprised because the Bible tells us all those that love the Lord will be persecuted. Uh, it's not unusual in the life of a Christian throughout this planet to go through persecution. 1 Peter 4.12 says, uh, Beloved, think it not strange concerning fiery trials, which is, which is to try you, as, some, as though some strange thing happened unto you. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a funny wording when you think about it, you know, and I've heard that verse all my life, but uh, I always thought it was funny how he says, Hey, why are you, why are you thinking this is a strange thing, you know, that fiery trials come to you? As if some weird thing, some strange thing has come to you. Uh, He says, this isn't weird. This is everybody. Anybody who loves the Lord is going to go through persecution. And it's not strange that a Christian should suffer trials or persecution. And we've been told from the beginning that this will happen. So uh, we need to just accept it. Uh, Warren Rearsby said, uh, to ask why, Lord, is to confess our ignorance of the place of God's people in this present evil world. Uh, you know, whenever you say, why, Lord? It's to say, uh, I'm completely ignorant of what God has us here for, to grow closer to him and realize that this, these trials that we go through is to draw me closer to him, to make me more like him. In other words, we're confessing that we are not aware that we are pilgrims here. Uh, and with pilgrimage comes suffering. Um, Israel has known throughout the centuries that uh, some would curse them. Uh, Abraham at the beginning was told by God in Genesis 12one through 3. Uh, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out from thy country and thy kindred and from thy father's house and unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be blessed. But then he says, I will bless them that bless thee. And he says, And I will curse them that curseth thee. Uh, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. They were told from the beginning that people were going to curse them. There will be some that bless them, too, but there will be some that curse them. Now, God will take care of them, but they're going to have those cursings. And God told them that he was there with them, and he would avenge for them, and they just needed to accept it. Isaac was persecuted by Ishmael. The Jews were oppressed in Egypt. Uh, the, but However, the more that they were persecuted, the more they increased in number. Uh, In Egypt, God made a family into a nation. Uh, Egypt tried to drown the Jews, but the Lord drowned them. Uh, The Assyrians tried to surround them and starve them out, but God took care of all of their armies and uh, all the armies of the enemies and burned them out. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar tried to burn them in fiery furnaces, uh, but God delivered them by going through the fire with them. Uh, Belshazzar defiled God and the temple vessels, but the Medes and the Persians killed him that very night. Uh, the Persian magicians and soothsayers tried to get Daniel eaten by, alive by the lions, but in turn, Daniel was protected and they were eaten alive. Hitler tried to, uh, killed over six million Jews, but yet he was defeated and the nation of Israel was born just a few years later. Uh, Israel has suffered more than any other nation on earth, and yet God has protected his people. And God's church has been persecuted through the years, and yet it still stands. Uh, Matthew sixteen eighteen says, I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God, and not of, not of us. I love that verse. You know, that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, our bodies, our human bodies. They're frail and fragile. He goes, but the excellency of the power, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Because there's no way that we can boast about it. Because we're earthen vessels. Amen? Verse 8, he says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be mani- made manifest in our body. For we which are alive, are, uh, which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest our, in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Uh, boy, what, what some great verses right there. Amen. And uh, we tend to look at protection by God as being protection from suffering. Uh, but that's not what the Bible says. Uh, quite often it doesn't work that way. Uh, he protects us through the suffering. And uh, yet he blesses us and molds us through the suffering. Uh, many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. Yet have they not prevailed against me, the psalmist says. Which leads us to the second point. A, accept it. Uh, and then number two, or B, benefit from it verse 3 and 4 the Bible says the plowers plowed upon my back they made long long their furrows the Lord is righteous he hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked Uh, you can just feel the pain of the scourging of the plow here Uh, their enemies treated them awful Uh, the plowing of the back is generally agreed to be the scourging that was received in captivity as the prisoners are whipped it leaves long deep gashes on their back Uh, If this is true, uh, the Lord endured the same suffering that these exiles had experienced. He knew exactly what they had suffered. And yet by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 50 verse 6 says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Uh, Down in chapter 53, he says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. for He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And God understands, Jesus definitely understands what these exiles went through, the persecution they went through, Uh, but it benefited them. Uh, This nation had been plowed, but when it came time, the harvest was a blessing to the whole world. The day came when the cords had been cut asunder, and a picture of a yoked oxen being released from the yoke. And the day came when they were set free to return to their land. And Psalms 124, 7 says, uh, Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Uh, the Language speaking of the, uh, returning from the exile. And they returned home, ready to serve the Lord once again. Instead of blaming God for their suffering, they confessed, the Lord is righteous here in these verses. Uh, He didn't do anything wrong. He was righteous. In fact, they did wrong by seeking after idols. And for the Christian, the image of plowing is a motivating thing as well. As we prepare to spread the gospel as seeds in the ground, the preparation of suffering is very beneficial to the harvest. And when the world around you sees that you suffer with grace, their hearts are softened. They're open to hear and allow that seed of truth to grow in their hearts and minds. And one of the blessings of suffering is the effect that it has on those who watch you go through it. Never forget, others are watching you. Amen? People are watching you. Don't get so wrapped up in what you're going through that you forget that the unsaved world and the saved world... Is watching you, and you have a testimony to keep. You have a responsibility to shine forth the light of God, even in the midst of suffering. And First Peter four twelve and thirteen says, "Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you." We read that verse earlier. Then it says in verse thirteen, "But rejoice, in so much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed, how is it revealed? It's revealed through our suffering." ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And God uses us as he comforts us in our trials by his grace uh, to turn and comfort other people who are suffering as well. Uh, why do bad things happen to us? A lot of times God uses those times for us to be able to help someone else who is going through it as well. Uh, we need to utilize those times and use what God has given us and what God has taught us through those trials to try to help someone else second Corinthians 1 4 says who comforted us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble and by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God how God comforts us we need to take that comfort and comfort others who are going through the trial as well you can benefit from the suffering you endure but it only comes from a choice we have to choose to accept it. We have to choose to benefit from it. If we plant the seeds of hatred and resentment, then suffering will produce bitterness. But if we plant faith, hope, love, and all the fruits of the Spirit that cling, uh, and cling to the promises of God's Word, then we'll have a harvest of a great blessing for us, but also plenty to share around for others to bear as well. We just need to trust the Lord through it all. The truth is, everyone suffers, but those who suffer with grace end up with blessing. Us. I've read many of the posts that Shelley Hamilton has written, as she's suffered in watching her husband slowly fade with dementia uh, in uh, Ron Hamilton. And I love her honesty. Uh, she does not put on a facade. She's just real. Amen. And she just says what she's going through and what God is teaching her that day. And sometimes you, you might could walk away from, from it if you were a hypocrite and uh, a and, uh, judgmental Pharisee. And you could walk away from it and say, well, that, that boy, she's not very, you know, spirit-filled right there, you know. And she's just honest, amen, how she feels. And yet shining through her suffering is always a brilliant light of truth. And so often given in such a simple way that it's easy to understand. Uh, it's given me a number of blessings as I've read as she's poured out her heart and her writing. I know I'm not the only one. There's 43,000 followers who have been blessed, I'm sure, uh, by what she's gone through in the suffering, using God's grace as she goes through. And what a testimony. And we'll probably never know who all is watching us. We'll probably never know. But we need to remember that they, uh, that they are watching. We need to remember that. And whether it's in our church or in our neighborhood, uh, people know that we're we're going through trials. They can see it. And we can try to hide it, but people see. Especially in this town, everybody knows everything, right? Uh, But we need to trust the Lord. Accept the trial. Choose to benefit from it. And then number three, in verses 5 through 8, commit to the Lord. Commit it to the Lord. The Bible says, let them all be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. He's giving it to the Lord. Let them be as the grass upon the howtops, which withereth afore it groweth up. Wherewith the mower filleth not his hand, nor he that bindeth sheaves his bosom. Uh, Let's see. He that bindeth sheaves his bosom. Yeah. Neither do they which go by say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Let's look at these verses. The psalmist trusts the Lord as he says, let them all be confounded it turned back that hate Zion. He's giving it to God. Uh, he realizes that God will take care of his enemies. As the harvest image continues, he moves from the fields to the housetops. The roofs were usually flat and usually made of a mixture of mud and mortar, wood and thatching and such. And when the wind picked up, uh, the seeds that they were uh, trying to thresh and trying to get the seeds out a lot sometimes they would blow and get blown up on top of the roofs and but although they found a place in the roof to spring up uh, it had no depth to thrive and the sun would scorch it and it would die and jesus used this image in this parable of the sower of the shallow earth matthew 13 verses 5 and 6 says some fell on stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth, and when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Down in verse twenty, he says, "But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it; yet hath he no root, uh, not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation and persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended." Here, the idea of a shallow ground to not really grow deep in and grow roots in, and it's withered away. Here, this prayer is that the enemies would be like the grass upon the housetops. That even though they would spring up, they wouldn't last very long. And they would be scorched by the sun and wither away. He asked for this to happen to those that hate Zion, hate Jerusalem. And it begs the question, why would anyone hate the Jews? And why has their entire history been such a story of struggle? Uh, why have they been attacked so viciously? Well, the answer is simple. Satan hates them because God loves them. And that's the bottom line. Now, he's been at war with her uh, ever since their beginning. I mean, simply God had a plan for Israel, and Satan wants to thwart those plans. Satan has always been at war with the church as well, because God loves the church, and he fights against it. John 15, verses 15 and 18, it says, Henceforth, uh, through eighteen, it says, Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain that whoso, whatsoever ye shall ask of my father's, uh, of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things command you, uh, I command you that you love one another. That, listen to this. Now all that preparation, all that going up, and that I've chosen you and I've loved you and all the stuff. And he says, if the world hates you, verse 18, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Uh, he was preparing them. Yes, I, you have my love. You have my uh, choice. You, I chose you. But the world's going to hate you. A couple of chapters later in verse, chapter 17, verse 14, he says, I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. First uh, John 3:13, he says that again, Marvel not, my brother, if the world hates you. It shouldn't be a surprise. Hey, he says it shouldn't be a surprise when we have fiery trials and it shouldn't be a surprise when the world hates us. This is just the way the world is. The world around us hates us because we don't join them in their evil plans. We're not uh, 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 acting on what their leader commands. The devil devil hates the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it though. God will always protect it. And there will always be a church. Instead of attacking their enemies, they followed God's lead and let them take care of the enemies. The Israelites here, the ones singing this song, they said they didn't go and attack them back. They just said, let God take care of it. We're going to let this stuff happen to them as God takes care of it. And we have to do the same. Romans 12, 17 through 21, he says, Recompense to no man evil for evil, providing things honest in the sight of men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. If, if for in so doing, thou shalt heat coals of fire on his head. And be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And God said that we will, bad things will happen to us. We'll have trials. But don't go for vengeance. Let God take care of it. And God will take care of our enemies. Just as he will take care of the enemies of Israel. And God will answer the prayer, they be that they will be turned back in disgrace because they could not win. Uh, they will be wither away because they have no ground to grow. Uh, they will be there will be nothing left for the mower to gather, as the verses say here, nor the man binding sheaves together to gather to make a bundle. And God will fully take care of it. And those who walk past the enemy will not bless them, as the last verse says as was customary in the day as they passed by someone, they would bless them. There would be no good day was given to them. (laughs) No blessing requested from the Lord for them. And yet the rest of the world will receive the blessing if we just do what we're supposed to do. Let God take care of it and commit it to the Lord. The truth of God came from Israel's suffering. And we have the word of God because of it. And the church has grown And spread due to the persecution that the church experienced even today in persecuted lands the Word of God is spreading and cannot be stamped out let's just be faithful while things are safe and or will never do it when persecution is strong when people treat you bad because you're a Christian just remember you're God's child and they accepted it they treated him bad first so accept it and benefit from it and commit it to the Lord. Amen. Well, let's take some prayer requests tonight.